Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. So what we're going to do here now... When I get to the top, I have to make some choices. And again, none of this is going to you know, blow you away in terms of, oh, I never thought of that before. But when you get to the top, what you have to do is decide what you want to do. You can either go back down. So one escape route is returning from where you came. Okay. Another thing that we're going to think about doing. So when we get to the top, one thing that we can do. You'll notice I'm on my pinky. So what I can do is decide, well, where do I want to go from there? Okay. I know I can return back from where I came. One thing that I could do, of course, is to slide up. And when I slide up, I've got to have a plan in mind of where I'm going to go and then what I'm going to do after that. Because no matter where I slide to with my pinky, obviously I've got to have a dissension lick planned for what's coming next. Right? So you got to think about that. You don't want to wind up on your pinky and like you're trying to do all of this work on your pinky. You want to set yourself up in a position by, you know, moving, sliding, whatever it is you want to do to be able to do something unique again. And if you don't want to do a dissension lick, you probably don't want to wind up on your pinky, right? On the first string. So that would be an escape route though. I would move up. Okay. I would move up and then wherever it is I'm going and then I would descend. Okay. Now, another thing, of course, I could do is I could slide that way on my pinky and move wherever it is I want to go. Maybe I want to go just a whole step, or maybe I want to go down to eight or something like that. Okay? So if we think about it, when we're on our pinky, we could either return from where we came, we could move, we could slide down, or we could slide up. But all those things are going to require us to do some sort of descension. Okay, so another thing that I could think about when I get to the top of my idea is maybe I switch to a different finger. Maybe I go to my first finger, okay? And now, of course, I could create all kinds of different things in this position. But I could slide, right? So if I slide, I could create a bit of ascension on that first finger. And of course, I could keep doing something else as well with it. Or I could slide downward. Into something else as well. So the whole point of today is just really getting you to understand that no matter where you are on the fretboard, you've got to start making plans of escaping from the position or the pattern that you're in into something else. Okay, let me uh, scroll down a little bit here. Okay, Malaysia, William is here, awesome. Rick is here, Ross is here, Amir is here. Awesome, I'm glad that helped, that's great to know. Okay, perfect. So let's say I was doing something that maybe I don't wind up on the first string. Let's say I wind up on the third string. So I do something, maybe the same idea, one octave lower. So now I've got more ideas here. If I'm on my pinky, I could slide up, I could descend, or I could ascend.
you see? But each time I shift, I'm thinking about my next escape route. So up I go. Now I could continue up, but I descended, slid up, ascended, slid up. You see, so, so much of this idea has to do with your ability of being able to move around comfortably around the fretboard and know where it is that you're going, know the next position, right? Whatever scale you might be in. So it's really important to be able to do that. Instead of just playing like a lick, and then you're done with that lick, and then you go somewhere else and try and do a lick, which is, again, fine, but there's no continuity, there's no connectivity between those. So what's nice is being able to do a lick, whatever lick it is you like. Now see, I slid up, now I can move, slid up. And Omar says, but that means I need to know the scales before in order to slide. Yeah, you need to learn your scales, no doubt about it. But remember, you could start with just two positions. Like even if you knew your first position of pentatonic and your second position of pentatonic, minor pentatonic, whatever it might be, you could learn. Right? Because the same principle will happen. Even if you're just working with pentatonics, you could work with modes. It doesn't make any difference what you work with. It's just when you get stuck, like if I'm playing pentatonic and I get to the top, okay, what am I going to do, right? Either I'm going to have to stop and reposition myself, which is perfectly fine, but I could shift. I could use an escape route. So I could either slide up. Don't really think about it as sliding. I, I could move up, right? On that finger, which is my pinky. And once I get there, I've got to have a plan in mind. Like if I just slide up and I don't know what to do or I don't have anything to work with, I'm done, right? So that's why knowing your fretboard, having knowledge of your fretboard and being able to move around is really, really important, okay? What would be a good skill to learn after the pentatonic? Well, you'd start working with modes. Either using major or natural minor would be a really good place to start, okay? So just think about that a little bit as you're playing. Always have a plan in mind as you shift up, and if you can't see around the position that you've shifted into, whether it's down or up or whatever it might be, that would be a good indication that that might be the next thing for you to practice to get more comfortable with. I always try and avoid the all or nothing attitude of, well, I got to study my fretboard for five years before I can learn a solo. No, that's not true at all. You should learn how to solo at least the fundamentals of soloing today, right? Even if you only know one position, but start working on multiple positions and get used to being able to move in and out. And use this idea of escape routes to be able to maneuver you from one place to the next and have ideas in your mind of where you want to go. This thought process, this way of thinking is going to help you a lot in being able to develop more interesting licks, patterns, and just moving. Because for me, soloing is really about two things. Number one, it's about movement. It's about walking around or running around the fretboard. Okay. And when you get somewhere that you like, you create repetition, which is what a lick or a pattern is, okay, to create some energy and that thing that people hear and they go, oh, I really like that because there's repetition happening. And then when you're done with that, you escape from there and you start moving around again, again, trying to create something interesting. Motion creates energy too, but repetition really does create a nice amount of energy. And so it's nice to be able to do those things. And remember, as you're doing this, remember, I always tell people ebb and flow. It's like hills and mountains and you know flatlands. I live in North Dakota, so everything's flatland out here. 
But you want elements of all of those things happening in your solo. You don't want everything to just be all the way up here because I remember somebody telling me at a gig one time, I don't remember what it was we were talking about, but he said to me, he goes, you know, even listening to someone like Ingve Malmsteen play really fast all the time can get old after a while, as impressive as it is. And it's not about whether I like or don't like Ingve Malmsteen. I love Ingve Malmsteen. I'm just saying that the availability of being able to move from slower to faster to slower, you know, meandering around the fretboard to licks, all this different stuff, low to high, anything that's diverse like that is really going to make your solo sound a little more interesting to your listener. Okay. So hopefully that helps you a little bit. So everybody take care, stay positive, and I will talk to you again next Monday. What profile am I using in my Kemper? Right now, this is a Friedman one. It's a high gain. I don't remember what company I got this from. I buy lots of Kemper profiles. I don't remember which one this is, but I can maybe try and throw it up in the chat later if I can figure out which one it's from. So, all right, everybody take care, stay positive, and I'll talk to you soon, okay? Have a great week. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, one thing I wanted to talk about today was we could call it melody, but really landing on the right notes over each chord and then giving you some ideas how to approach this. Maybe you're, you're brand new to soloing, you're brand new to scales or something like that. I still want to give you some opportunity to do some really cool stuff. And if you've been doing this a long time, you can use all this other stuff. So let's say, for instance, again, we're just using a one four five, which we've talked about many times, in the key of, and we'll just stay in A since we've been in A. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the A7, and I'm going to take the D7, and I'm going to take the E7, and I'm going to play them as six-string bar chords just so you can see how this works. And this will tie into, you know, we were talking about soloing and being able to change positions, right? Parallel soloing, I called it, right? So we're going to start with that idea. So if we were to take a look at this A7 chord, and we were to think, and again, it's okay if you don't know your theory. I'm just going to tell you this. The A7 chord consists of the notes A, C sharp, E, and then because we're playing it as a, as a seventh chord, this dominant seventh sound, we're adding in the note G, okay? If we were just playing A major, we'd be playing A, C sharp, and E over and over and over in different octaves. These six strings would be the notes A, C sharp, and E, okay? But because we took that pinky off and we made this into this A7 or A dominant seven sound, what we're adding in is this note G. So what I want you to understand is when you're soloing or when you're creating a melody or whatever it is that you'd like to do, that note G becomes very, very important because it's a colorful note. It's not a note that existed in the original chord of A major. 